0: Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, You can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this week's episode, we got to hang out with Lauren from Churches and her amazing coterie of cats. I hope that you enjoy our interview. Exactly. It only took me five minutes to realize, oh yeah, Pam, hit the record button.
1: (laughs) That's fine. All the discussion about cats and sneezing can be off-grid. That's fine.
0: Exactly. Exactly. People will just have to wonder, what were they saying about cats and sneezing? They'll never know. we will never know. (laughs) Welcome to Wine Up Both, where we are like medium chaotic. <laughs> well, I think that that fits. Cause I um yeah, I was
1: late for the Zoom. I couldn't get the Zoom to work. And it's like, how many times have we done this? And it's still slightly chaotic. So I feel like I fit right in.
0: Yay! <laughs> that that makes me so happy. Whenever people are like, oh, you know, like everything's like back to normal. I'm like, no, we broke normal and we we now are medium chaotic. Hmm. Yes. I think
1: that for a while we were all trying to pretend. Yeah. And now there's no point in pretending anymore. We're like, it's just some things
0: are not achievable.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, how oh. we get to embrace our, our inner furry chaos demons? Yes. I mean, I
1: don't know if I fully have... I don't know if I'm happy about embracing it. I should just, like, let go and
0: let God or whatever else <laughs> dictate. <laughs> I don't know. I follow the rules of cats. Like, I'm just like, all right, all right. You seem to have this down. Sometimes you want to come in my house. Sometimes you want to leave. Sometimes you want to snuggle on the top of my couch. Sometimes you stare at me disdainfully from the kitchen table. I'm like, okay, all right. You're just yourself. I will.
1: And you have to react moment by moment. Sometimes you're standing. They're standing in exactly the same place looking at you in the same way. And you think that they want a little pat on the head and they do not. (laughs) And you just I'm like, oh, Sorry, I, I think I think several times a day I'm like, oh, sorry, I did too much. Is something I say I say to them. I'm like, oh, that's a good life lesson to be reactive to to people's moods, be empathetic to what's going on. And you're like, oh,
0: I'm sorry, I did too much. I apologize. Oh. <laughs> I affectioned too much. I, I joke that yes. like my my affection levels are very much like a cat, where I'm like, pay attention to me, but like from over there. Yes,
1: let me come and go as I please. Support my dreams, but also my independence. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> lots of, lots of
0: demands. I feel as though that is kind of like being a musician in general. I just realized.
1: <laughs> like, but be I suppose it's quite feline. They wouldn't enjoy the noise or the travel of the. <laughs> oh. But then I guess sometimes. Uh, uh, noise-wise, sometimes neither do I. I feel like most of my life on tour is trying to find a quiet corner that's not inhabited by, that's going to sound bad, I was going to say inhabited <laughs> by men, but to a degree, yes, because, uh, you know, all yeah. the rest of the churches are are men. So yeah. on, on tour, especially when we're doing the hardcore bubble stuff that we're doing, we don't go anywhere. So yeah. uh, sometimes I'm like, my kingdom for a corner of the earth that is not inhabited by, Uh, an action movie or a a video game conference, not conference, What? I clearly don't know anything about this, Uh, competition Competition. that they're having amongst each other, which is very nice. But sometimes I feel like, yeah, our tour manager made that joke. She was like, you're just like a little cat running around this venue trying to find, find a quiet corner. I'm like, oh, they're coming. Oh, the noise is coming. Like just running away. But then maybe that's a silly choice of employment for me because the nature of being in a band is that there will be a lot of noise in a lot of places all the time so
0: that is and I hadn't even thought of that in the bubble that it's like oh no I just thought of being bubbled with people that were playing video games the whole time I would lose it I would lose my mind (laughs) I
1: mean (laughs) luckily they play they play like uh what was it this last year they were doing a lot of Tetris on Switch so they can have uh leagues or clearly I know loads about this um (laughs) of Tetris but then that's nice I think it's very wholesome it's not like they're playing kind of crazy war games or anything like that so you know and it's more calm than when they play fifa fifa is not calm but if we do get to do the touring we've committed to this year maybe they will have to get around to fifa again (laughs) so but i don't know um i feel like a a strange observer in these situations because i just never never really got into the gaming and i feel like a bit of a fraud so
0: I when you said Tetris I was like that is the one game that I do really like but I realized I play solo I was like there's leagues for Tetris? I
1: didn't know that either. Um I think you can set up like group games and you, if you're on the same network and you can oh. play against each other and yeah. it's I I've learned I've learned so much in these last 10
0: years. I was going to say I was just like a portal into the world. Yes. <laughs> if you want if
1: you want to read in the venue do it before 11am anything after that is impossible.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I would I would be I would be a co cat where we'd probably find like separate corners. I just realized, was like... and if we find each other in the same corner, we have to just hiss
1: quietly and then like <laughs> sit in silence.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that because, yeah, like the energy of being on tour normally you can kind of you know cat or squirrel away, but mm. when you're bubbled, you can't really do that that's really quite you can't can't cat you can't cat yes I guess obviously
1: incredibly grateful to be able to play shows full stop and if (sighs) the way to keep the shows going is to basically self-isolate in each place to a degree and if we do do anything then we do outdoors and um but yeah it didn't really occur to me how much of the mental health aspect of touring involved just those little 10-minute wanders where you wander to a coffee shop where you can go into a bookshop where you go to the movies on a day off or whatever to emulate normal life yeah Um, and you can't really do that much of that in the current setup so I was like ah, you just have to I guess with everything that anybody's had to do in the last two years as you said at the start it's not it's not normal so we can't pretend that it's normal but you just have to figure out what how best to approximate it to trick yourself if that makes sense so yeah I did a lot of walking around outside (laughs) Um, and certain points of the tour that got a little bit more difficult. Like we, I have a friend that lives in Minneapolis and I was like, we will meet for an outdoor coffee. And she was like, will we? Because it's November, (laughs) it's November in Minneapolis. And we sat outside in a car park with takeaway coffee. (laughs) It was a, it was an experience. we definitely, In that moment, I was really touched by how much suffering she would do in order to hang out. I was like, I can't hang out with you inside and I can't see you at the show. So if we're going to do it, we're going to do it in this car park. (laughs) But that's a very 21, 22 friendship romance, I would say, that we can all relate to in some way.
0: Socialising has become like, I described it to another friend as like a very high stakes activity. Mm. there's no just casual you know how it used to be like you said you'd go for a walk you'd go to a coffee shop and and in LA at least you always run into somebody like yes there's the running into people phenomenon that we don't have anymore really and so it becomes this like if you're going to do something it has to be with such intent that it has this like thing about it where you're like we are having a coffee and somebody has researched
1: where it is and if there is availability outdoors and we know who else is coming and what their requirements are and yeah there's not really you can't really be spontaneous I feel like I suppose in 2020 there was an element of spontaneity when everyone was like I'm running out of toilet paper but I've got flour I'll trade you (laughs) like I remember trade like my friend being like oh well we accidentally like accidentally ordered loads of toilet roll in in january so we've got loads i can bring you some and i was like do you need tinned goods because i stockpile apparently not during that time period just to be clear but um i don't understand american measurements of things so sometimes i order if i do like a online shopping order i'll go pick it up and be like oh I didn't realize <laughs> what that what that measurement was. I do do not need uh 40 individual tomatoes or whatever it is, you know. Um so yes, but it was helpful. Nice to be able to yeah. do something useful in those moments. But that's probably the last time I was spontaneous. It was by accident ordering too many chickpeas or something off the I internet? Just-
0: I wish I had that excuse of not knowing American measurements, but it's quite literally absent mindedness that sometimes mm. things will arrive and I'm like, who did this? <laughs> it was me. <laughs> you you from the past, giving you a gift or
1: giving you something you don't, you don't want and now feel shame about.
0: Exactly. Maybe giving me an abundance that I did not expect. No, that I loved what you said about how that was like our spontaneity though is that like trading i remember doing that too like we would have on my friend's lawn we would trade different things like they had a huge orange tree um uh-huh. at the time um during good Earth. person to know vitamin c exactly we were like mm. we are not getting scurvy during this we are boosting <laughs> our immunity. <laughs> And like people would come to the front lawn and then like trade other stuff, like from their yards or like we could have like picnics where it's like we were inside and they were outside because like essentially at the beginning of all of this, I ended up, I was helping my friends clean their house and we all were creatively co-working together and all this stuff. And we're like, well, I guess if one of us has it, all of us have it. We should just have a team. Hmm. Even though I technically live alone in my place, I was at their place a whole bunch. So we had like pod headquarters East and pod headquarters West
1: oh yeah that that sounds very very pleasant I yeah I would like to say I had that in here but I'm I don't (laughs) I do live with one other person but two cats so and my partner would be going to his studio all the time to do works and I was working in the house on the church's record so I feel like by the time you come home at night I'd be like where did you go what did you do who did you see tell me everything I've been talking to like i have two tiny furry colleagues but they can't really give me feedback or but it's great it's nice every so often i have to be working and then a cat will just appear yes it's like bless this room and then leaves (laughs) it was nicer than being completely solitary
0: i think so
1: i'm
0: glad that you had like Honestly, I'm glad you had partner and cats because Mm. second part of the pandemic, I was more isolated, like during that really bad wave at the end of like 2020 and then going into 2021, Mm. um, like we weren't potted, like one of my friends had to move back to London, like different stuff. But I was just like, well, I, I like alone time. I enjoy being alone. And even as a, you know, alone time introvert, same thing. I was like working on songs. My sometimes cat was here. But after a while, I was like, I think I'm having full on conversations with the cat
1: yes well yeah even like if you think that you're set up like not that I'm saying and like obviously I'm incredibly lucky to be able to work from home was in a different position than a lot of people so I'm not trying to sound like a total bastard who doesn't understand how lucky they are but um yeah there were points during the the first few months where I was like, well, you know, I spend a lot of time alone on tour and I spend a lot of time inside on tour and in windowless rooms on tour. So in a way, I'm kind of like primed to entertain myself. And like, you know, it'll be okay. We just if we get to go outside once a day, that's great. But after, yeah, even then I was like, man, if you've been in a job that sort of prepared you for that level of isolation and you were finding it that difficult, it's just I'm like, man, I can't imagine how intense it is on for other people and for their mental health let alone all the other stuff everyone's worrying about with everything so
0: that's the thing is like everybody it's fascinating because everyone always says to me they're just like oh I shouldn't complain I'm so grateful and it's like both of those can be true like you can be incredibly grateful for your circumstance but everybody has also had their own circumstance of like what is happening this is terrible and, it's and why- now it's a counseling session
1: <laughs> <laughs> which i'm i'm okay i'm okay i think am i i don't know i don't know well, i think if well, you I listen I'm to sorry. Church of songs you're like is she okay hard well, to say
0: sorry. hard to see I was like full disclosure hilariously as you can see. I mean there's a piano behind me clearly I play music um but my day job is I'm a therapist so occasionally uh, like the therapist will come out and I'm like oh no did I just say a therapist thing and then I was like I did say a therapist thing <laughs> But you're deploying that good into the world that's true. that's a good thing true cuz yeah like even my clients have said the same thing where Everybody, I, what I described it as like same vibe, but different details where it's everyone's like, mm. this is bad. Also, I have good stuff, but it's like everybody's bad and good stuff is like a, a variation on a theme. It's like, you know, yeah. Everybody has one thing in the pandemic that they're like, oh, this totally carried me through. I'm so grateful. And it definitely had one absurd circumstance that they're like, well, that was terrible. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's interesting thinking about, like what you just said about the lyrics of like is she okay (laughs) we don't know
1: sometimes I don't know sometimes I do know (laughs) definitively yes or no and uh sometimes I I don't in song form or otherwise but I think that that's fair enough
0: I think people that's just being a person I hope as far as I can tell well it's a good place to put all that stuff too like that's when I think about even like that you were making a record during this time, I was like, I was curious what that experience was like. And also if it was different than other times that you've been like, Hey, I'm going to channel this stuff into songs. And I'm just like, Oh, what was the experience like of channeling things into songs during the, you know, gestures to everything.
1: (laughs) During all this. Um, I think it's interesting to look back on it with now there's the records out and we've had time to kind of reflect on it. Um, I don't even know if consciously at the time I thought about put putting things into something. I just was grateful to have something, something to do during the day and something that I could work on and obsess over that wasn't the news and not being able to get to your family in an emergency situation and all the mm-hmm. catastrophizing that that will involve. So it was helpful to have something else to be obsessively doing, which is maybe unhealthy in some ways, but... I just I do think when we're, especially for this record, because it was a lot more specific thematically than some of the previous stuff, there was potentially a lot of things you could research and really dig into and immerse yourself in. And I think that being able to put my brain in that space was very helpful. And I think in hindsight, when I look at it, I we definitely weren't writing about the pandemic necessarily, but I do think that post-2020... I look at that as like it was a drawing of a line and under things sort of of mm-hmm. where the, where the band especially creatively where the band had been and where it was going and I look at that and I'm like well the third the, the fourth record from for me feels very different maybe not to you know so it's not like a totally new sonic landscape but in terms of the writing and what I wanted to do in it it really mm-hmm. felt to me at the time and looking back in it like I just I'd reached my like what's the point in doing this if you're not really doing it. Mm. Point, if that makes sense and I don't know I feel like it is like even when we've been working on if if we've been working on new songs or I've been working on other things it really feels like it flipped to switch in my brain somehow where I'm like oh. I don't know that's not to say that anything I would do after this will be any any quote-unquote good in the subject <laughs> objective manner but I feel like it just really changed the way my brain was looking at it because oh. when you're on that juggernaut and it's like put out a record every two years here we go this is you, yeah. and there's a lot of voices around the project and what you're doing and la 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 and I don't know I think it was really helpful to just be completely isolated by yourself and left to your own devices and then come up with something that is a bit is different lyrically and it is different conceptually and be yeah. proud of that and I don't know I don't now I sound like I'm just reading pages out of the artist's way but like, <laughs> I don't know I think it really when I look at that body of work, I'm like, okay, not that I uh, dislike anything that came before that. I just think it feels more fully realized. And I'm like, okay, well, that's the, that's the standard then that's the barometer of what what to do. And I don't know, it was kind of helpful to think that something good came out of that time period. It was a kind of strange one woman writer's workshop, (laughs) writer's retreat that I didn't intend to go on, but I think it was very helpful in a way because I don't know, previously I would have been like, oh, well, synth pop lyrics shouldn't be this, synth pop lyrics shouldn't be about that. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of time inside to reflect on things that had been happening around everyone at that time, but also around the band Mm -hmm. for the last 10 years of it. And I was 23 when I met Ian, 24 when we started the band, and I'm 34 now. So like, that's a lot of, a very specific time period in your life. And I kind of felt like... I don't want to keep talking about the same things over and over and over again. And I don't think you should be talking about the same things at 33, 34, as you were yeah, in early early about. 20s. Yeah. But it kind of feels like, to me, I'm like, I look at that record and I'm like, okay, this is still the def- definitive time to talk about all the things we've hinted at on certain churches' records. And it's like, now we do it in this way, through this lens. And not that it's a drawing of a line, but kind of It feels like a drawing of a line under that time period Because there was the before of everything yes. for everybody And then there's now And like, what do you I kind of feel like there's a lot of, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this But I've been doing That's it already, right. so sorry But there's a lot of stuff that I look on And I'm like, look at I'm like, you were really spending fucks on a lot of stuff That did not need to be have having fucks spent on them Yeah And the post-2020 fucks, I think, should be different uh, in any part of your life and especially creatively so I'm like no yes I'm just trying to with you on that <laughs> yes I'm trying to be my one woman writing workshop buddy because there's nobody else in here I'm like yes and we don't go back and we strive we strive for creative newness or whatever but and then I ask the cat I show the cat the alert, so I'm like what do you think and then it eats the corner I'm like that's a no it's a no from her like it's a that. no
0: from her she just wants to snack on it
1: Yes. Or a hard yes, because I suppose cats don't, they don't know anything that's happening in my work at all. But I feel like if they were going to like a church's record,
0: they'd want to eat it.
1: They would want to, yeah, I think so. Anything <laughs> they see in the building that they enjoy, they automatically test with their mouth. So I'm like, all right. And that, you know, cats are, they're, they're thought, they're, they're, they've got darkness in them, so maybe you know they're they're secret little assassin murderers that I I tuck into a plushy bed at night or whatever. So maybe screen violence is the album for them. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it sounds like what you gave this record is like all new. Kind of what jumped in my mind was like attention and then intention, and I was like ooh. Oh, I was
1: like that's what? the therapist. there. the intention. Right? I didn't even think to describe it in that way, but yeah, I feel like once the like we had the title when we started and it's the first time we'd ever written the record with an album title in mind um Mm -hmm. and I think at the start of it I thought that the record was going to be more fully concept and written about external things and then after a few weeks it kind of became clearer that this is just going to be a like a landscape to project the stories on and then once that then I do feel like that set an intention and I think I can be really, really terrible at being overly critical of everything that I say and do. So <laughs> but I do think that with the setting the intention of when it comes to work and things like that and creative work, I do think you have to be a good self-editor. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this time at least it felt like there was a and knew what path we wanted to be on and what path I should be on. So then the editing was about making sure that everything was as tight as possible, that the imagery was as consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely different to self-editing I've done before where I've been like, I don't know, is it simple enough for people like it enough? Should I make, is that not very pop enough? Like I don't very pop enough. That's not very good. Is, <laughs> is that not pop enough? And like, especially when those things have been said, then yeah. you, you internalize them and you're like, oh, is it supposed to be that? Is it supposed to be that? I don't know. And I think getting rid of the, is it supposed to be question? Yeah. Is important. I feel like so much of the good things that came out of that record, I was like, well, you're in charge of, it is supposed to be, and then you do the work to strive to get it to that place. So,
0: Yeah, that it's what you intend it to be. Because that's so hard mm-hmm. when people are talking about your creative work. Because mm-hmm. that, that definitely, I'm so glad that you said like, ah, I was in my like one woman writing intensive. Yes.
1: Um, I it, didn't sign up, but I ended up there. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were the one in a Miyazaki film where it's like, here you go. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> um, but when you're writing, like if, I don't know about you, but like, if I'm thinking about how people are going to perceive it when I'm initially spitting out an idea, it just crushes that idea. Yep. All it's, of a sudden, I'm just like, it's all the external stuff, and it just goes hmm.
1: like, yeah, and it just I feel like so much of it depends on how. I don't know how how your mental headspace is doing at that time. And mm-hmm. if you, like the other day, I was sitting in front of the piano and I was like, trying to write something diddling about. It. And then I just went from zero to a hundred of like sitting trying to do something for about 15 minutes and then just head in my hands, uh, like teary-eyed, being like, I'll never write anything ever again. This is, this is all so terrible. This is exactly what everybody must everybody probably in their deepest darkest thoughts thinks is that you don't do anything and then I was like hold on how did we (laughs) get what in the name is how did we get here and I was like oh you haven't exercised for two weeks you've been drinking a bunch of booze every night when you're watching tv and I was like oh Uh if like if I was taking better care of myself I would be like this is the process and some days you get something good and some days you don't and I'm sure nobody thinks that really and if they do think that why does that matter You can unpack it all. But in the moment, I was like, oh, it's over. Like, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The
1: drama of it. I feel bad. My partner says that he's just stopped saying it to me because every time I can't quite get something as immediately as I want to get it I forget every experience that's gone before that. of course of course and I'm the most I don't think I'm a dramatic person generally necessarily but when it comes to this I am the most like (laughs) movie like oh (laughs) I and I'm being like oh it's over I'll never write anything again it's not just this song it's everything it's not just this moment I and I'm going to disappoint everybody I can't and then when he tries to point out but, you know, you said that last time I'm like, this is not helpful. You're like, we this not.
0: <laughs> last time. This isn't last time. This is this time. <laughs>
1: yes. So no amount of like pragmatic common sense can help at that time. So now I think he kind of just leaves me to it and it's like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't know anything. Exactly. And then about two hours later, I'm like, oh, I think I have it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. He's just, he thought, oh, I'll hang out with that. That girl in that indie band, that seems like a good idea. He did not know that
0: he never knew. He was they never know signing up for them.
1: a little bag of baggage that's just going to be crying in different places around his house and then laughing maniacally about something. He doesn't know.
0: So, this is so deeply relatable.
1: We, like, feel, we feel feelings. It's not, I don't know. I've tried not to, but turns out
0: we're stuck with this. So we just have to it's, muddle it's, through. It's a gift, all the feelings. Like what what did my partner say? Cause he's, he's an engineer and producer and like, does, you know, he occasionally will like, he's really good at the, you know, that last 2% of a song where you're like stuck at the 98% and you're just like, I know it's almost done, but it's not quite done, but it's almost Mm. there, but I don't know what it needs. Do I need to subtract something? Do I need to, do I need to add? Do I need to, how do I ever finish? And like, (laughs) literally he's really good at that little, just like funk. Um, but like, whenever I am just angsty about something, he's like, do you need more you in the monitor? Like, do you need more oh. you, more you in the monitor? <laughs> I'm like, No, there's far
1: too much of me in all my monitors
0: right now. <laughs> exactly. And like, that's how I know that I'm being like dramatic about something. He's like, do you want everyone else to turn down? Do you need more you? <laughs> oh. I mean, but very
1: observant, right? We're lucky to have people that can <laughs> observe, support, let it happen.
0: Ugh. Yes and yes because occasionally he'll offer the things that he knows will often appease me like my my velvet weighted blanket um, oh. my favorite snacks or he's just like oh no is is she hungry <laughs> oh that's very kind I feel like I have to
1: do I do a lot of that to my to myself I all never without a snack in the bag at the studio oh my god and I'm like. Yes, I'm always like, does does baby does baby need to eat? Does baby need to you have to I guess I suppose in a way this sounds really wanky, but I do think especially when you're trying to coax out creative stuff, you have to treat that like a like a, yeah. a a huffy little baby, or like, what does baby need? I don't well, know. <laughs> like,
0: because yeah, that feeling. Does baby that- need
1: to read something to get. No, nope. do you want to watch something? Do you want to? Do you need to go outside? What do you need? And you're <laughs> just waiting. And I used to get. I clearly do get stressed about it. Otherwise, the crying at the piano story wouldn't have happened. But um, I was reading the Nick Cave newsletter, the Red Ooh. Red Hand files, and in that, somebody asked him about writer's block, and he said that he used to be fixated on the idea that the words weren't coming. But now he rather l- likes to look at it as that the words haven't arrived yet. And I I feel like 50-50, every time I read a book on like creative practices, I'm like half in half, like, come on now. But I definitely, I just, I think there's too much. Well, not not for everybody, but I think there's a lot of discussion of religion and spirituality in certain yeah. spaces around that, which I find a little difficult. But I'm definitely open to the idea of like, you know, You have to set yourself up to be in a certain space, and yeah, you know, if you're putting energy into something, then that you can't just expect the muse to hit you on the head as you're walking around. You have to, again, as you say, have intention to be seeking it or whatever. But I think Nick Cave's point was that he was like, well, it's all the work, it's all the process, Mm -hmm. like you setting up your creative day and doing a work day of that is setting yourself up to be able to receive the information when it comes you can't just keep like oh no it's not here yet it's not it's not happened yet it's not happening it's not coming but he's like they just haven't arrived and they will arrive when it's time for them to arrive I'm like how mindful but maybe he can say that because he's Nick Gave and they do always arrive for Nick Cave and that's the end yeah. the brain is like what? yeah but for yes. him, it's Will, because he's Nick Cave.
0: Yes, it's that whole thing where we like grant so much more grace to other people. And then we're like, but not for me. Like, I'm the exception. There. No,
1: I am the one that should not be here. And everybody knows that. And I am the one who's only ever going to have this finite number of ideas. And then it's over.
0: Then it's over. There's and
1: everyone's ideas. cackling maniacally while exactly. they think about it. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think that's true. I think if anything, that gives away too much credence to your existence as if people care care that much about it you know what I mean like maybe you should just get on with it play (laughs) play play a bit more write a bit more and in a couple of
0: days it'll probably be fine (laughs) like oh my god that feeling exactly of just like I love what you said about setting yourself up to receive and I love that you spoke to yourself as though you were like just a tiny ornery baby hedgehog (laughs) I'm just like does baby need snack
1: does baby want a book does, like, <laughs> you know like, does does is baby actually served by sitting in this room slapping baby's self on head, being like, "Why haven't you done it yet? I'm like, I don't. I'm not saying that like if I just sit and watch endless episodes of like Gossip Girl, then lyrics come to like land in my lap because that's not true, but <laughs> there has to be like a balance between like yes. trying to seek it out and accepting that it's gonna happen, especially with lyrics, I think, oh my god, um, yeah. yeah, I feel like musically like there's so many more avenues you could go down every moment of the day like not that it means you can it's easy to write a good song musically but I think especially when you like there's a certain thing that you're trying to go for lyrically I think it takes sometimes it takes time and you'll be like walking down the street or in the shower or falling asleep and you're like no that's it (laughs) I
0: have to wake up and get it at that point it's when you least expect it and also you mentioned doing like research for it and that I found fascinating because I was like one, I was like, I'm a big nerd. I want to know what you were researching because a lot of people <laughs> research. I was like, and then I was like, it's so interesting that then it tied into your narrative. And then the third part, the part that like popped in my head, I was just like, how did that then connect when you were like running it by your bandmates? And so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what were the things? How did you connect? What happened when you brought it to people? I was like...
1: <laughs> um, well, I think everyone, especially in the last few years, everyone's always been really open to the lyrics seeking a bit more of a personal bent, I guess just as time has gone on with the band and you know everybody grows as writers and I don't know I think it's always Church's lyrics have always been about finding the balance of like the kind of more abstract and the imagery which is kind of more what it was like at the beginning of the band and then it just feels like it's grown into a more focused lens I suppose as time has gone on and -hmm. with this record um, all of us were huge horror fans but for different reasons I think and Mm -hmm. the guys definitely knew that there would be something in there for them to dig into sonically um but I think for me I kind of always knew that I wanted to use it as a way to tell a story that felt more female than what was initially the idea and I think once so I was looking at a lot of I got these books up here but there's like I got a lot of like um oh this here like sure do that. Yes, like the the teenage slasher movie book, and it goes through and it, it goes through the different genres and the different time periods. But there was so many like film posters in it. So oh. as you can see, there is a recurring theme on a lot of these posters: nearly
0: naked ladies in peril. You know, but then and
1: then I started like do, doing a bit more like fan fan based reading and academic reading about yeah. w- women in horror and like feminist tropes and horror and feminine tropes and horror and how to and I think that's just because that's something I was interested in I wasn't even conscious that I want to use these things to write about my female experience but then as the song started to come out I was like oh no this is happening this is what's happening and I don't know like I never really buy into the idea that a, a genre can be misogynist or not because it depends on the storyteller it depends on that person's perspective like women can make incredibly misogynist films and a man can make a film that has a very feminist narrative and I don't know I never really buy into the idea that horror by definition has to be a woman hating sexist genre I just think that's very derivative and if anything a lot of the horror fans that I know are women because I think and then I started reading about that on the internet I'm like why are so many women drawn to this like why are so many female fans Struck by something in this, and it just kept kind of recurring in my mind that w- women know what it is to feel af- afraid, and women know what it is to feel watched and hunted in a in their day to day life that a lot of men, a lot of straight men, don't. Right. So, and when I was reading about the final girl trope, they were talking about why why that is. Why are we comfortable watching a woman be terrified? in a way and then originally when they were talking about that there was the understanding of film studios and things that the audience wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with a male character being that kind of terrified all the time and I was like hmm. it's just interesting when you start and then then we kind of got to a then I was like okay I know where we're at <laughs> here we go and in terms of presenting it to um the guys in the band they, I think they they were very like this is your ball You can. Run with it which is good because I think sometimes you know sometimes we've butted heads over certain things in the past because you know it, it we are all different people we have different opinions we have different perspectives and it's just that's I guess that's the difficulty of collaboration sometimes is that yeah there's so many amazing parts of it but ultimately you need to make an end product that represents and speaks for all of you And sometimes the lyrics I've written probably don't speak for them and nor should they because the experience of a 30 something year old woman is very different to their, (laughs) their experience. But I guess it's about whether there can be space made for that. And I think that on this record, especially, we definitely were good at giving each other space to have, have our individuality and have those, because I don't, especially with lyrics, if you're the person singing them, I think it's very difficult to focus group good lyrics in my opinion like not that those songs don't exist but especially with it depends what you want to say and how, what yeah. you want your art to be but for me I'm like I've never really this is bad I'm a bad collaborator in this regard like I don't always open to ideas when people mm-hmm. are suggesting things but whenever I've tried to write something to a, a, a more of a brief Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as authentic to me. And I think that people can feel that and sense that in the songs. So,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, I guess. And it would be different. like If we if somebody else in the band was singing the songs on screen violence with those lyrics, it wouldn't make sense. Right. So, but I guess also as a singer, you're kind of a story, the storyteller to a degree. Right. When you're in the live setting, especially, I'm like, you are the storyteller that's weaving around and you're like, literally sound is coming out of your mouth. So um yeah sometimes I've thought about it when I've written down certain things and be like no they're not gonna like this but but I guess yeah but you're not I guess that's the tricky balance for the lyricists it's like you're speaking for yourself and also for the band and where do you let that balance land it's tricky to know sometimes
0: yeah and like Everything you said, I was just like, oh my God, this just made my brain fork off in so many different directions. (laughs) Like one of the ones that struck me was when you were talking about collaboration in general, that like as the singer and as the lyricist, it is a balance of like describing how you're emotionally relating to something. But then like you said, you're also representing the band. And I thought of how beautiful that is to collaborate, to hold space for everybody in there, where it's like your bandmates are holding space for your story and the story that you want to tell and you're holding space for the story they want to tell. And it's like, so sonically, you're all coming together in this way. I was like, Oh, that's really lovely. Like, cause you're not yeah. always agree.
1: <laughs> no. And I do think that at this point, like we all know each other. So, so well and know each other's tastes and it's e- easier when you know people that well to have those conversations and figure things out. And yeah, as you say, it's about holding space and, disrespecting what other people are bringing to the table and that doesn't mean it's all we're always perfect at doing that but
0: um you know the attempt the attempt is (laughs) half the battle I think well and that it's the synergy amongst all of you that then is the end result yes absolutely yeah yeah that it's like that what that's what makes things crystallize and I think about you know even when people are talking about solo artists like unless someone is like you know recording engineering producing mixing and mastering their entire record themselves which like is totally possible you're always like bouncing energy and ideas off of the people that you're working with
1: yeah there's still it's still collaborative just in a different way and I think I think that that's a wonderful thing like I don't even though like lyric like I will write the lyrics alone in the house or whatever it doesn't it's not done until it's bounced off of other people. And obviously, yeah, I think you get different things out of different creative dynamics and like, it's always going to be growing some part of your creative baby, (laughs) you know? Like it's all learning and figuring things out. And yeah, I think there's something very nice in that because I don't know, we're all just grappling around in the dark, scrabbling around in the dark, trying to connect something with someone. So
0: yeah. I think that's why I found like the... I don't even know the exact quote from Damon Albarn, the one that everybody was like going. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Where I was just like, I was like, why would anybody, one, it was just, you know, misogynistic, but two, why would anybody like talk down about collaboration and about co-writes and about crafting things together and like to make that your point about how someone's not an artist? I was like, but but that is, that's a huge part of being an artist. That's-
1: So you're having a- thoughtful discussion around it but i feel like there's been a lot of time in church's existence where people were like so misogyny in music you talk about that a lot let's discuss that more then i'm like shall we let's
0: you're like can you, <laughs> can you please see 17 press clips please see the previous
1: seven years of my career where no one asked anything about music ever
0: exactly <laughs> Asked me what you like to be the girl in the band with the boys in the band because you're the so girl at least you know at least when we
1: made the horror inspired record you know people are like potentially a little more afraid of you and they can ask questions that are different because it's a different prospect up front you're like we talk about this and if you want to talk about the other stuff then we can bring it back to the record because it's all tied together which wasn't on
0: purpose but it's a happy accident that actually that works out really well because that's the thing Is like what sparked in my mind that quote was simply literally the collaborative aspect and coming from someone who was in a band i was shocked that he said that i was just like yes that was yeah yeah. that was the moment where i was like do you just i just need to understand yes yeah like why would someone fall on their own sword that hard um but it's (laughs) like (laughs) like, yeah well
1: and it just i don't know the whole thing made me sad because I was like, "Well, I do respect Damon Albarn as a yeah. creator, and I love Taylor Swift." And yeah, I was like, "Guys, life's hard enough. Can we not? <laughs> can we just not? I don't need this today. I don't. I don't want this. I don't need this." And I think was his his tweet was saying that he it was taken out of context or yeah. whatever. I was like, "Fine. Hopefully, we can just leave this here." Yes, that's. But awesome. I think has, has she not done enough? Has she not time and time and time and time again? proven it's enough she shouldn't like but this is we don't want to even pull this thread
0: exactly that's the thing is I'm just like I'm like women in music have gone above and beyond and then I think about like all the wonderful people who've collaborated like it was my friend Catherine her band's the anchoress she had a great quote on this yeah yeah I love her um we keep being like let's collaborate and then it's like oh god we are definitely in an eight hour time difference um and so every time we're like this is the time when we can finally fly to be in the same place it's like this is the time when we can see no humans nor get on planes safely Uh. (laughs) (laughs) she said this thing with it really struck me that she's just like think about bowie she's just like why if you think about people who collaborate and go through all these different things, like so much of what Bowie did was based on collaboration and based on even like how you're talking about researching ideas, just immersing himself in different ideas and different people and different characters. And it's like, we'd never speak of a male artist that way of being like, well, he's not an artist because he did all these different collaborations.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, there's just different assumptions about people yeah. about men and women in those situations. And um, Yeah and also yeah you're like researching people and if you do the same if in any part of life if you do the same thing over and over and over again you're probably going to get similar results over and over again so creatively if you write in the same way all the time then you're only probably gonna you know you're only maximizing a certain like and that doesn't mean that it's not great to be consistent or whatever but I feel like that's to me why it's been good whenever churches has done any exercise that isn't just the three of us in a room I think that's incredibly valid and valuable because yeah. you're learning about yourself and get, like i don't know i feel like the studio should as much as it can be be a f- fun and vulnerable space like it's quite a fragile dynamic to that you need to a uh, to fragile balance you have to strike but I also think that once you get into like so it should be comfortable in that way but then sometimes i do feel like going outside of your comfort zone will teach you different things and open your mind up to a different space kind of like what we were talking about with screen like screen writing screen violence if you'd asked me do I want to write an album in this way I would have said absolutely the fuck not that sounds terrible <laughs> what would I want to do that like what? so I have to be like crying alone in my house and then unable to record things and have to ask my partner to help me which is my deepest fear <laughs> because then well because then it's like another thing you've been presented with your own inadequacy of not being able to do you know what I mean and then I have to I'm very much separate church and state when it comes to collaborating with partners because I've had very bad experiences in that space uh but then everybody had to everybody had to ask people for help in in 2020 and I feel like when you get pushed just pushed a little bit into a new space then you can get so much out of that and I don't know we did so much like late night recording after the construction next door had stopped and (laughs) Like there was a different kind of collaboration with Ian and Martin because we were on Zoom at weird times of the day. And, yeah. you know, like anything that can put your brain into a different space is going to get you something different. It might not always be good. It might, but sometimes it'll be really great. So I'm grateful to, grateful to be pushed gently out of my comfort zone every so often, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's giving yourself that opportunity to, like you said, like kind of preparing yourself to receive like the mm. Nick Cave vibes of like, okay, I'm setting this up. I'm trying this in different ways. And that also is extremely vulnerable to ask your partner for help on stuff. I too struggle with that. Um, Yeah, plus I
1: I think especially
0: as as
1: a woman in the the industry that we're in and especially with certain experiences I'm sure we've both had, I'm just like, it takes, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'm very possessive over my work in a way Um, because I feel like it's been, Try a lot of and not a lot of the time but there's definitely been times where people have I feel like people have tried to take that away from me or invalidate it and I don't feel I don't know I was just deeply distrustful of the concept and poor guy he didn't do anything he just offered to help me and I was like no and then <laughs> two days later I'd be like okay can you please help me I need like, your okay, help
0: okay so maybe yes
1: <laughs> you know and just being open to ideas and being open to asking for help and trusting that people are t- trying to help facilitate good things rather than facilitate negative things i think i
0: was like "Hmm." like their own thing like you were saying about you know when you come to your bandmates with stuff that you're like oh man i like this where it's like that that's really hard to reach middle ground Of i'm sticking to my ideas and i'm confident in what i'm saying and i'm also open to like feedback from others Yes. But it has to be like people you really trust, because otherwise it's not even that they're doing something that's like malicious, but it's if you're getting too much outside feedback, it's hard to hold on to like what's what's your through line there.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it's about creatively respecting each other and taking on board, being able to take on board critique and figure out where the balance is and what if what hill you want to die on and why. Like there's certain oh. lyrics that I've like gone to bat for. And I'm glad that I did. But then there's other things where I'm like, do I really care that much about that rhyming scheme? Not really. And if you have to say, oh no, but this is what it means, then you've not executed it well enough. And I think that that's a learning curve because I'm sure that eight years ago, I was a lot more huffy about those things but well no you're not understanding what it means and now I would say well if they're not understanding what it means then it's not finished yet you haven't honed it if the message isn't coming through but there's other things where I'm like no this is this is clear and I think this and that's and then the same with music and production like everyone like they're very open to discussing certain things but ultimately it's about trust and like trusting that when somebody vouches for something that they really care about you just have to trust that things are coming from the the right space.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? Cuz I don't think collaboration can't be selfish otherwise it's not going to work. It has to be very like Yeah, you can be focused on certain things that you want to that you would justify why they should be there and whatever, but it has to be f- to serve the song and not to serve yourself, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We sound really woo woo today. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was born in LA. Like, oh, okay.
0: I'm She's like, got some
1: crystals charging under the desk right
0: now. I was just like, it's, there was a jacaranda tree outside my childhood home. It's like very <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Dude,
1: you, can't, you probably can't charge them under the desk. I don't know anything about crystals, clearly. I'm like, do you have to leave them in sunlight, moonlight? Don't know
0: there's 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 controversy in the crystal community it's so oh. funny like I I like crystals because they're pretty and shiny and colorful like I'm a simple creature and basically <laughs> a magpie um and so I'm just like lovely shinies but like people are like you must leave them under the moon only leave them under certain moons only leave oh. them under moons during certain phases of them I'm like y'all can keep track of me I don't know how to order groceries correctly I'm you like know? I just <laughs> so
1: what if I leave them next to the 40 tomatoes I accidentally got will this do anything like I technically technically there is one crystal in this building because somebody very kindly gave it to me as a housewarming present and then I was like I don't know what to do with this <laughs> so I was like oh thank you so much this is so nice of you and then it's just in a, I was it in a drawer I don't yeah. know what to do. I feel so bad it's in the kitchen drawer next to all the miscellaneous stuff it's next to like the sellotape and kitchen scissors and you know the mystery cards from a guy that said he cleans windows or whatever like
0: there's always that drawer I don't
1: is this bringing me bad is this why bad things are happening it's because I've disrespected this crystal but I didn't want to give it away because that felt more disrespectful so now it just stays in there and I don't imagine that drawer light is one of the lights that (laughs) charges it probably I don't know I'm not I'm Scottish I'm not built for this
0: stuff That's <laughs> <hilarious>. <laughs> just like that crystal is holding it down in the mystery drawer <laughs> every every time I open it I'm like oh
1: a reminder and symbol of your people pleasing <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like this person has no idea whether I have it or not anymore but I'm t- so in advance ashamed of the idea of giving it away that I just have to keep it there and it clunks around in this drawer every time we open it
0: I like that it makes its presence known at least like it's just like you can't forget about me every time I put the car keys in I'm like oh there it is again there it is <laughs> is, it, is it a pretty crystal at least or is it like an unsightly crystal that uh
1: it's like white clear white I don't know clearly I didn't even get to the point of looking up I was like maybe I'll use it as like a paperweight a a really not fit for purpose cat toy like I don't (laughs) I don't know it's too heavy for them to move it's sharp I don't think they should have it I don't know it
0: sounds like it's selenite is it kind of does it you you said you don't care about crystals but you you know I went deep on a rabbit hole of learning the names of them because they're shiny um it's funny because someone was just like but you have a lot of crystals like do you think that they do things and I was just like well, no, I think we do things. And when we feel good about stuff or we're reminded of things, we probably are going to do the things more. So you can imbue whatever you want with that meaning. It doesn't have to be like actually that crystal. Like I could imbue, I'm looking at my external hard drive. If I had decided that that external hard drive was associated with, you know, abundance, like I could be like, ah, yes, I will meditate with my external hard drive. Like it doesn't matter really mean, what the thing is. <laughs> like, I mean, that's better than...
1: Like once I was looking at it, I was like, it's shaped a bit like a a pointy stake. So yeah. if anything, it would be useful for self-defense. It's like, this is about as far as I've gotten. I'm like, if there was... home invasion and for some reason the only thing you could reach was this drawer this would be useful and i'm like all right it served its purpose there we go there you go yeah (laughs) the crystal community will be horrified by this conversation oh my god the
0: crystal community is going to be like this is a closed practice
1: (laughs) (laughs) like she has disrespected it she's talking
0: talking about using it in
1: self-defense but i mean i,
0: I joke that because what you're describing sounds like selenite i by the way i don't know if you went through a phase as a child of uh the collecting weird rocks phase this is what led to the, learning, oh. the names of the crystals phase oh i see um yes my brain is just like i like this thing shall i learn everything about it for no reason in approximately 48 hours yes
1: yes you should and i think that's a great thing to hold on to like yes in adult life learning is nice not for me in this topic apparently but i did learn about a lot of other stuff over the course of 2020 so what
0: well, i'm I did it. curious what you learned when you had said that like there was a reason why people were drawn to horror particularly people watching women be terrified though obviously like the thing that sparked in my mind was like well yeah we have experience of being surveilled like on a regular basis mm-hmm. and so that tapped into it but i was curious what did the research say about like why women enjoy it like what what did they hypothesize what did I was just like see previous about nerd learning things I was like what did you find in your research
1: (laughs) I think the thing that I was drawn to most was the idea that it's in in some way reassuring because we're told so much in life that our fears are not valid or that so I think all women know that the fears are valid because we know what happens but when you watch some Uh when you watch a film and you are terrified and then you are proven to be correct for being terrified. There's something comforting in that. I think. Um. Oh. Yeah. And I think the sense of relatability, not because when you watch Scream or It Follows, these things have happened to you in that exact way, but you can relate to certain elements of that. And I think I don't know, so much of what we seek in any kind of art is being like feeling seen or feeling understood or having your your thoughts validated in some way, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think when I watch certain horror films, I'm like, "Oof!" And I think, yeah, that maybe there is a an voyeurism in it because, you, especially for for women, I'm like, you're only ever a certain amount of bad luck or circumstance away from something like that happening. There's really nothing that separates any of us from any of the other, yeah, other women that terrible things happen to. So. And I think that's the the pressure is put on women to make the right decisions to keep themselves safe. And I don't think it's not about any of that because you can make all the quote unquote right decisions and still have terrible things happen because it's not, you're not in control of the actions of men ultimately. And every time something happens in the news and people advise women to travel in groups and don't go home after a certain point, I'm like, it's yes, fine. I understand why people are saying that because they don't want any more women to get hurt in that instance but it's just a completely wrong way like the upside down way to have that conversation because we always talk about more ways that women can make themselves safer and more decisions that women should think extra extra hard about before living life we're not having a PSA saying dear men please stop
0: attacking women you know
1: so dude write yeah. a, a song about it <laughs> make a record about it sit inside your house and be very upset about it
0: (laughs) well and and what a time to do it when in a way I realized I said the word surveilled and it was during a time when like we ultimately weren't really being perceived like you were in isolation and so that's a fascinating dichotomy to be able to actually then like sit and parse through the feelings of that because like it's almost like the pressure was off in a way you weren't going out and about you weren't encountering that during that moment yeah I
1: think if there hadn't been that enforced isolation and separation from because I do feel like a lot of the band a lot of being a a woman generally but a lot of the band work specifically it you know not that I'm not honest in interviews but there's a lot of you just have to have a certain threshold and you have to talk about certain things and keep addressing certain things and keep addressing and then just give politely political answers to certain questions and be like well you know and you have to figure out you're constantly negotiating within a space yeah and then I think that if you're writing and you're in that headspace it's harder to get to the actual real thoughts yeah sometimes and I don't know I think that the best lyrics of people the bands and artists that I love are the ones that are the raw ones that are from just below the surface whether those are really emotional or really angry or any like well anger is an emotion any kind of emotion Mm -hmm. like yeah you have to just take off the here's what's okay in society filter like a little bit to get Mm -hmm. get to that space and I do think that yeah I don't know I think it's a lot of being in the band has been about I don't know especially since the narrative around it at the beginning was she's a very angry feminist and she said this and this and I look back on that I'm like not really I look at clips if I ever see clips from her in that time I'm like I'm just a bit of a sad 24, 25 year old who's saying common sense things to journalists who aren't really taking it that seriously. So, and I do think that, yeah, there was a lot of kind of trying to be acceptable enough, like, and it's not lost on me that things that I was saying and people were giving me back slaps for were acceptable because they were coming out of the mouth of a petite straight white woman. Like, Right. And it's funny to look back on all the, negotiate, the space, negotiating for space that you've done, and it all comes down to acceptability. You're like, well, oh, I'm still making myself just acceptable enough so that you won't be upset by any of the things that I'm saying. And that ties into so many other things that we don't have time to talk about, probably. But um, yeah, I think during the writing of this record, there wasn't I wasn't really worrying about any of that. And now she's free and I'm batting a cat just out of, the, out of shot. So it's all really come full circle. Yeah. So like Full cat lady, which doesn't understand crystals, but hopefully I've leveled up
0: <laughs> to a different space in some ways. Well, it's that, it's that idea that you had brought up even towards the beginning of when we were chatting that you said that it's like, you know, the division of where the fucks are given. And it's mm-hmm. like, especially like i'm i'm similar in age i'm i'm a slightly more elder millennial um and and i'm also i'm like i'm barely five feet tall and i'm and pale as death um and so in a lot of ways have been in a similar situation of like okay how do i navigate this and realizing how i've personally navigated space and realizing where my fucks should be given and where sometimes i can be like can i allocate my fucks to someone else like can i give space so someone else can take up this because someone deserves this space like actually more than I do and, and they have way more to say and they have a very different perspective that's very important here have it <laughs> like where it's like yep. I've become less precious about it in that way and less prone to like it was interesting even when we were talking about like the Damon Alburn moment which popped in my head because of collaboration instead of the misogyny that like then you did the mental calculus of oh my god I've talked about this so much in an interview then I did the mental calculus of oh god now I'm one of those people that accidentally brought that up in an interview with her and like watching us both mental calculus at each other I was just like oh no and I was like but less of that when you're writing because if you get caught up in the mental calculus when you're writing it's like that's creative death
1: that's just and then creative death means that nobody's going to want connect with anything that you're saying so then no amount of self-media training to answer those questions will make a difference because you won't be talking to anyone at all
0: (laughs) there you go I catastrophized the whole thing there we go you're just like and then you're just a crystal rattling
1: in a drawer (laughs) and you're gonna have to figure out if the crystal's worth anything because you don't sell records anymore (laughs) we'll have to see hopefully it won't get to there but who knows
0: No. And, and hearing what you had to say about horror movies, I, and then what you had to say about like positioning oneself in the media, I had a conversation with, do you know, the artist Yola? Yes. Um, She is just, I love her. Um, And the things that she was talking about, I was so excited to talk to her on the podcast because it's not my base of experience. Mm. Like she was talking about her personal narrative and bringing that to light and bringing like black women's voices to light and I certainly am not that. And so that's why I'm just like, oh, how exciting. People mysteriously listen to this podcast. Here you go. Boom. <laughs> like- yes. Well, yeah. And I do think that that
1: is something that everybody sh- hopefully is getting, but should be aware of already, but hopefully is becoming more aware of. And yeah, I think a lot of the time you get wrapped up in your own experiences and you just have to, have have a fucking awareness and empathy, and when I think about all the times where I was grappling, grappling, grappling for space within projects, like yeah, but it was like you then need to pay that forward and for, to somebody else, like, and I think that the the people that don't have empathy for that is maybe well ignorance, but also if you've never had to grapple for space, then you don't know what that's like to have to, and not that I'm saying that I'm in any way in a similar position to that I just mean with any I've never other than like two weeks when I was 16 I've never been in a band with another female I've always been in bands with men mm-hmm. and that's it's been a lot of bands there's been a lot of years and there's been a lot of different people in that and each of those experiences were different but a lot of those experiences has been about just like again it's like negotiating for space and negotiating to be allowed to do things and I think a lot of a lot of people a lot of men have never had to do that so they don't know what that's like so they don't know that they should maybe create a little space for somebody else so yes especially there's a lot of shit white women in the world so I think um it's a yes important to keep giving yourself a kicking to make sure that you're putting into action what you're saying that you're doing I guess
0: yeah, it's the making its the making of space for others where it's like, you know, I think of it not as a hierarchy, but like as people who have had to not make space versus people who have kind of had to make space, people who have mm. had to make a lot of space, where it's like everybody's had their own experience with it, but being aware of like, oh, in these situations, space has been made for me. And in other situations, I've had to make space. So how can I be more mindful of how to make space for others?
1: Yes. And I remember having a conversation with an ex-boyfriend shortly after the Me Too movement started to get discussed more in the news. And I remember having to sit down and be like, but don't you understand, though, that someone's going to need to be giving up some space in order for this to occur? That's not people being discriminated against. It just means that it was just I was confusing to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, but if you've never had to not have anything, Then you don't. Then that does feel like something's getting taken away from you. And I'm like, yes, but you. If people have had all these opportunities and all these options and all this access, then what would that be like if that access was shared with other people? I wonder. And then maybe the storytelling that we're doing would be different, and maybe the music we're listening to would be different, and maybe, maybe. But it was odd to have that conversation and realize that if you've never in any way, I guess that's just privilege, I suppose. If you've never experienced any kind of any kind of injustice or being shut out of something then you don't have any understanding of why that
0: why that's important yeah, to address like why someone would feel that way yeah and it's like I feel like people think privilege is like a bad word or an insult but like for me at least it's it's like it's kind of a like check engine light where it's like oh this is something you may have missed because it's outside your experience mm. um yes.
1: Yes. And like, there's definitely things that I look back on having said or done. And I'm like, oh Jesus. But <laughs> you know, and nobody's nobody's perfect, but you should be trying to learn and trying to listen. And I know, oh, I just said the words. I didn't I we're listening, we're learning. We're listening, but we're learning. All that bullshit. We're loving
0: lighting. I I just told you what kind of crystal might be improving the life of the window man in your drawer. <laughs> yes. But then it's not
1: about like sitting. Drowning in your own guilt And how you feel about it It's like well no Then you're making it About you again Exactly Like fucking Shut up for once (laughs) And I say that to myself too I'm not just being Being a bitch To other people
0: Oh no I feel similarly And the whole perspective shift Like it's been such a gift During this time To do this podcast Because I never expected Mm -hmm. that. If someone had told me A few years ago Like by the way You're going to be stuck In your living room But you're going to talk To like over a hundred strangers All about creative endeavors And social issues I'd be like the watch huh why (laughs) (laughs) like I'm gonna holler the what they're like you're gonna be a lot of other people's cats over this thing zoom (laughs) always a treat but how are we this far into
1: zoom meetings and some people don't know the zoom protocol yet I'm like if there is a cat in the room don't just tell me the cat is there I want Mm -hmm. the cat to be presented I want to know the cat's name Yes. And then, you know, as you would introduce anybody at the beginning of a meeting, a baby. I would like, yes. <laughs> and then you're like, no, back to work. everybody. <laughs> but then I've definitely done that in meetings where people don't want me to be doing that. They're like, we're just trying to have the meeting. Can you get your goddamn cat off the table? I'm like, no.
0: Where are these she people? Goes. Are they
1: okay? She goes where she goes.
0: Who doesn't want to see cats on Zoom?
1: I hate to tell you, some people are not cat people. <sighs> I know. I know. But- isn't that just the beautiful tapestry of life like every time I look at it I'm like fascinating there's two two little kind of tiger lionesses living in my house and they choose to be in here they choose they choose to hang out and every time one of them gives me the little eye kiss I'm like oh what a joy what (laughs) a joy a privilege an honor
0: I don't know. Oh, I'm glad that they're essentially your co-pilots in, in the research of this record. In, in, my,
1: in your unraveling brain, they're the co-pilots. They are the the witnesses
0: to this, whatever this is. They're, they're seeing a lot of it. I was like, you know, like it kind of settled in my mind, like the experience of researching horror, writing about that, tapping into the personal feelings of it. I was just like, thank God you had the cats there. I was you know, like, well,
1: they'll sleep through any of that. But if it's like the theme tune to the White Lotus, then they wake up and they're all intrigued, but they can sleep through (laughs) an entire rewatch of all of the Scream films. Totally fine. But then any kind of or any kind of Enya or panpipe based music, they always wake up for that as well. Another fascinating study. I don't think we'll make a record about it, but you never know.
0: (laughs) know. (laughs) I was just like, now I'm like, I want to study cats versus Enya because my my sometimes cat usually comes when I'm playing the piano like she knows the sound of the piano play her
1: a bit of uh yeah play, play her a bit and see um what was the other? once we we were watching Titanic once mm-hmm. which I don't know why I decided to do this during the lockdown but uh Yes, the recurring score in that was very confusing to one of the cats. She climbed all the way up on top of to stare at the speaker because at any time there was the kind of whistly, i like, I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe it's the tones. Nice. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. I was like... Every time fascinating. I don't know that my partner finds it as fascinating as me, but I feel like a lot of our day is spent with me being like, look at that. Look at them. Are you seeing? Are you looking? And he's not. He's not. But that's fine. I don't think he gets a lot more done than I do and he's yeah it's not that he doesn't enjoy them but I think he just he's fine enjoying them to the level that he's enjoying them I just enjoy them like to max max
0: headroom all the time 11 (laughs) out of 10 enjoyment of the cats you
1: know yeah and they are probably here for about four out of 10 they're like "Mm, that's fine we again I did too I do too much I do too much to them I
0: think well, I mean, that is why we have a lot of you in the monitor. <laughs>
1: like, yes. I was like, cool. more cat in the monitor all the time. <laughs> like,
0: yes. Oh, it has been such a pleasure getting to talk to you. And I appreciate you giving so much of your time. Like, Yeah, thank you very much for
1: asking. It was really nice to have a different kind of conversation than what we normally have. And I'm glad that you got to witness at least one cat coming in and out of the room people who don't like cats are gonna be like
0: fuck this podcast (laughs) they're gonna be like this episode only but why is Pam talking about cats so much thank you again for listening to this episode of why not both if you liked what you heard please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform you can also come hang out with us on social media we are at w n b the podcast both on instagram and on twitter This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com, and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode
1: i